Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. This week's episode is brought to you by the Pit Stop Podcast right here on the Ordinary Podcast Network. Anything you need to know about the F1 circuit and season, you can find here on the same network. Just search for Pit Stop Podcast. You will hear my voice um, and a fellow named Jordan Dowler Coltman. But right now, I'm here with Puya Ricey, looking sharp, fresh new haircut. Uh, it's been like, what, five years, Puya? Far more than that. So what people wouldn't know is I've had long hair for the past, I don't know how many years, many years, well past my shoulder blades, down to the small of the back. And as of today, in preparation for the new season, similar to Travis Kelsey, similar to your boy, Kirk Cousins, I'm sporting a new look. How many times do you think in a podcast ever they mentioned past the shoulder blades down to the small of the back? I don't know. I could see in like a wrestling podcast, if you go for a backbreaker or one of those flying knee drops, I could see a WWF podcast, which I don't know if we have on this network. I don't think we do. That'd be fun, though, because we, we grew up WWF fans. I think if we did like a 90s, 2000s attitude era of WWF, we would be good, but don't know if we could hang in today's WWF. I, name, I would only, name a wrestler. Name only, a wrestler today. The Rock, Stone Cold, Mick Foley. Those it would have to be WWF. The, the Attitude Era and before that. Yeah, I'm going Bob Backlund. Like I'm going way back. <laughs> that is way back. Um, I knew no. I do know that uh, there's one person we're going to talk about right away that would love this new haircut. Probably wouldn't allow it on his team. We are talking about the coach, the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. Deion Sanders. Primetime. Primetime. Hall of Fame cornerback slash wide receiver when he played. Played both offense and defense. Any return punts and kicks. Um, he is now the coach of a 1-0 unranked Division I NCAA football team that just beat TCU that was ranked 17th. So I saw a lot of stuff about, you know, people are kind of pointing fingers at him or calling him out on something. Just because he's doing things a little differently than maybe the status quo coach in the college. Now, of course, everybody knows Deion Sanders was not going to do things the same way as everybody else. He didn't do things the same way in, in his football career. He didn't do it before he was drafted. So why would he? But I think there's one thing that kind of just can silence all the pundits, all the criticizers, is winning. Winning solves everything. I don't think anyone's going to care as long as he doesn't do anything illegal, which I don't think he will. I think he's a pretty respectable guy. I don't think he does anything immoral. As long as he's winning, I don't think anybody can say anything. I don't think anyone's going to care. It only adds fuel to the fire. It adds to the media frenzy. And actually, he's probably going to get him paid a lot more the more controversy he has as long as he's winning. I don't even know if it's controversy. I think that what it is is... It's criticism. It's criticism. Yeah, he is getting criticized. It's for... Uh, let's say his flair, his the way he handles things. Like he's he's in your face about it. He's loud about it. You don't get a lot of coaches that are like that in the NCAA specifically. Like there are coaches that are hard asses that like kids might not be able to operate with. But he came to Colorado, brought his son over and some players in, and kind of like shipped house with everybody else and said, "I'm bringing in my own players, players that I know are coachable, players that I know I'm able to kind." Of 
push the most out of um, and demand the most out of. But the thing is that he's also doing it loud. He's going on networks and, and a lot of so interviews and stuff what, like that. What's the one kid's name? Travis? Um, Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter. The guy followed him. He could have gone to other yeah. schools, gone a little bit of a cash payout from what I understand. He had $1.5 he could have left to go. So somewhere. obviously he's doing something right if he's got that sort of loyalty. But the other thing that I think just flat out makes him different than every other coach in the NCAA that nobody else can even begin to criticize him is nobody comes close to his resume. Well, that's the thing. Is nope, like, I mean, the two-sport athlete success that he is... How can anybody begin to criticize him when nobody can even come close to walking a mile in his shoes? And there's very successful coaches. Well, you could you could criticism if he had a bad coaching career after that. Like Wayne Gretzky was a head coach after, but he and he sucked, so you criticized him. But the fact that Dion went from being a Hall of Fame athlete in, I think, two sports, now he came into a HBCU college, um, Jackson State, and won there. Brought well, that, in, that's brought my in five He's star recruits and been there. winning his entire um, coaching career. Right. He's not ruining kids' lives, promising, you know, uh, I, I mentioned to you off the air about that uh, Bishop Sycamore documentary, which came out recently. This guy <laughs> was making promises to kids which were unfulfilled. Deion yeah. Sanders isn't unfulfilling a single promise. He's hard on the kids, but that's like, you know, the Michael Jordan mentality, that Mamba mentality. That's the. The level, like, I think even one of his rivals, Jerry Rice, would have had the same sort of level of uh, um, ex- expectations where if you want to be the best, which I want everybody to be their very best and also the best, that's what you have to do. Like, you have to set the standard high. You're not you're not coddling little kids here. You're trying to set kids up to not just make the pros, to be superstars like him in the pros. Yeah, well, to be able to handle if you if you can't handle the pressure in college as him as your coach, how are you going to handle the pressure of being a star athlete drafted from Colorado to let's say first or second round in the NFL? If you can't just handle him, like the pressure that goes with it is something that he's teaching these kids as well. And that's what I mean. I don't see why there's any criticism because he hasn't faltered as a coach yet. But is and the resume backs it up. Not even, but but he's probably his team is probably the most exciting team to watch this season. In college football, like I know you have your top teams, your Ohio State, your Alabamas, your Michigans, uh, and and to Colorado to be one of the more watchable teams is super exciting. Well, because it's one of those situations where yeah, you get the places like Alabama who's getting all the top recruits, but when a team can do more with less, that shows. That, that, that's the Cinderella story, the underdog story, the success story that everyone wants to see. It makes it more exciting, right? Well, no, yeah, no one expected Colorado to win. They beat TCU this weekend. TCU's ranked 17th. Colorado's not ranked. Um, and they came in, and they super exciting game. That Hunter kid played like 151 snaps. He played offense and defense. But there's also so many storylines. His son's on the team, which you might even think is a little bit of, um, what do you, what's the word, nepotism. However... He's earned his spot. Like yeah. it's not just he's there because his dad's the coach. He's yeah. earned his spot. He's legit. One of the other receivers had four touchdowns. Dylan Edwards is the receiver. Three touchdowns, 135 yards, five receptions. But I mean, yeah, that's huge. This team is going to be exciting to watch. It's just and like it does fill my Saturdays college football. Three touchdowns. That's still pretty. It's not an Al Bundy. He didn't get the four touchdowns in a single game, <laughs> but that's still three. Isn't it's a great it's, reference. It's respectable. It's a great reference. Okay, let's talk about another player in college because. I don't know 
if this mentality is the same thing that Deion Sanders would do, but also could be very much a Deion Sanders-like move. And we're talking about Caleb Williams from USC. His dad came out um, yesterday. So it's Thursday when you guys are listening to this. So let's say Tuesday his dad came out and said he might just stay in college. Now, Arizona Cardinals are expected to finish last place this year, which means they're going to get the first overall pick. They're going to need a quarterback because I don't think that they love Kyler Murray. Caleb Williams is expected to be the first quarterback picked in the draft this year. He will go one overall. His dad came out and said, well, maybe we don't go in the draft. Maybe if we get on a team that's not great, that is not, it's going to take five years to build up to be a good football team. Maybe we just don't go to that team. Why would we do that? And you know what? He's kind of not wrong because Caleb Williams could just go back to USC and make $2 million with the name image likeness deals that are, are going out, the nil deals that are that kids can get these days. Um, whereas if he gets drafted by Arizona and chooses not to play there, they might just say, okay, get on the bench or sit in the stands and wait until you want to come out and sign your contract. Or you can just go back to USC and play for someone else and hopefully the next year comes up with a deal or goes to a better team. But it's such a risky move. It's especially in football, and I don't. I, I got to do a little more research on this, but it seems to me that in football, tanking doesn't really work out for you. There's other sports, the LeBron James, the Connor McDavid's, these guys that are like everybody just knows are gonna be a generational talent, and you just you find any way to get yeah. them. But in football, I feel like it's never as sure of a thing that the guy is gonna be. As great as he is. Like, those guys are so rare. If ever, I can't even think of one right now off the top of my head that panned out as well as... I would say the one guy, and you don't even know if he panned out well enough yet, but Tre- Trevor Lawrence. He was a generational quarterback. And only right now into year three, you're like, okay. Because year after year one, it was very much, is he that good? Like, is Trevor Lawrence that generational talent? You can even go back to Arizona they drafted Josh Rosen with the second overall pick in the NFL draft. The very next year, gave up on him and went to Kyler Murray. And now it's only been four or five years later. He was supposed to be a guy that was supposed to lead them to the playoffs routinely, and he can't get it done. So you're not wrong. Like like tanking in the NFL, you, these guys aren't 100% guarantees. No, especially Trevor all. Lawrence, let's just say, I, I don't wish any poor against him. I like the guy. I support him. But let's just say he has a great career doesn't make the hall of fame i still feel like you're tanking for a guy who's not going to make the hall of fame sometimes is just kind of it's such a long shot well you could argue the indianapolis colts tanked after peyton manning so that they could get andrew luck and that didn't work out for them either they didn't win a super bowl yeah it was it was on it was on pace to work out and then yeah it just it seems so risky in the nfl players careers are shorter than other sports one injury yeah, like an injury could just change so much. People, uh, the the dynamics of a team, the schemes that they play, can affect you so much more than another other sports. It's so much easier in basketball or in hockey or something for one player to just take over the entire game on offense and defense and just kind of run the show for a bit during a game. Whereas in football, it's so compartmentalized that way. It's so structured that everybody has their roles where it just it's not the same way outside of a quarterback kind of, you know? And Now let's talk about the Caleb Williams side of this. Like if you're him, do you hold out if Arizona drafts you? If Arizona gets the first overall pick and they draft you, do you hold out so that they either trade you, kind of like what happened with um, Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers? Eli Manning demanded to not play for 
um, San Diego at the time, and they traded him for Philip Rivers to New York Giants. I, I can I can see where the kind of thought process behind this is right now for someone like in his situation is because there's bad teams, and then there's organizations who are a bad organization for you right now. Like there's a team where they're a couple pieces short. They're not winning, but it's not a bad place to be for the future. It doesn't seem like right now Arizona is a great place like the way kind of running it into the ground it yeah it seems like they're kind of burning bridges with players the way they're handling things with players which eventually comes out right players in the league will learn about you know detroit lions like sort of bring it up but they've had a history of being kind of toxic towards their players yeah and that sort of thing turns people against you so like the new york jets people are really high on them like people are loving going there to the organization nobody was talking trash about the organization they were just a bad team. They weren't winning. They didn't have the talent. They didn't have the pieces. They didn't have the coach, and they didn't have any of that. But it wasn't a bad organization. No. Well, Whereas, now you're you're 100 right. Now that they have the pieces, they got Dalvin Cook, and they're talking about going out and getting Mike Evans right now. It's attractive exactly. place to be. I don't see Arizona right now being an attractive place to be. You get a quarterback who you could ruin his career by just making it an unattractive place. He doesn't have any success because he's got no pieces around him. Nobody wants to be there. They don't have the right coaching. Arguably, what happened did to Josh see, Rosen? You know, did you see that clip of their new coach's? Um, oh my God! Wow! Inspirational speech. What do you mean? That was not an intro- inspirational it, speech. I say it with finger quotes. <laughs> that was a that was a boring. I'm putting my kid to sleep. What was he talking about? Were you guys you ride take the bus? bus? You take the bus today? What is he talking about? Um, what I do want to kind of talk about is these name, image, likeness deals, and can you see them changing? the fact about when these kids want to go pro and if they have more say about what teams they want to go to. In this instance, Caleb Williams can say, I don't want to go to that team. I want to go back to school, still make enough money to like support, obviously support his family, support himself if he's making $2 million a year in college. But do you think that'll delay some kids going in because they know they'll have a little bit more option about the team they go I, to? I think it could for kind of if the, the deeper you think you could drop in the, in the draft. But what's the pay and the signing bonus for a first overall pick? A it's lot more. It's pretty significant, a right? Like, more, it, yeah. a, like a first round pick compared to a second round pick is a drastic. I don't know the numbers, but it's a drastic. Two point, it's at least two point five million dollars that he'd get from the name, image, likeness deal. Yeah. You know well, I, mean? I just mean like if you're a first overall pick, no, your I know, signing bonus in the uh, huge in the NFL is huge, right? Huge. Yeah. So then you drop to two or three, you're losing probably three times the amount of money. That you got to go back to school. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, him just being able to be like, I can, if I go to Arizona, I know I'm not going to play for them. If they don't trade me, I'm sitting on the bench for a year, which is not good for a quarterback to not be in locker rooms, not be like, look at Deshaun Watson. He's still, we don't know if he's going to be good or not. As of today, who is on Sunday? I believe Arizona plays Sunday. Who's the starting quarterback? I don't know who the starting quarterback is. It's Joshua Dobbs, I think. The guy they, the guy they didn't even trade, they got him off waiver wires. For the uh, from the Cleveland Browns, like that's yeah, Arizona's like it looks like they're tanking. Their practices look terrible. Guys are getting hit in the back of the head when the quarterback's throwing balls at them. It's it looks atrocious. But let's get off the topic of college because this is a very special day today. A very very I don't I could say very for forty five minutes. Tonight is the end of the off season for NFL football. Tonight is the beginning of the 2023 NFL season. Tonight, we see my Detroit Lions 
start kicking off the season. I just want to point out for people, he's got the Detroit Lions in his notes in all caps, bold, where <laughs> he does the Chiefs nowhere near the same size font. <laughs> and we had a better segue for this. We we're going to talk about Cooper Cup not playing this week, um, which we'll start with that because this this is the NFL. This is tonight. Um Unfortunately, Cooper Cup is ruled out for week one with hamstring issues for this weekend. Um, this is just news that came up this past uh, two days, specifically yesterday. Um, well, I'll what, bring up something about that. So, What does that mean for his whole season, though? I don't know, but I don't think the Rams, we've talked about this before, the Rams just look like they all want to retire. Nobody wants in. Cooper Cup is the only shining light on that team, and but we didn't expect the Rams to go anywhere. Well, but so even if he comes, like, right now he's got a lingering hamstring issues, which aren't good for he's wide receivers. He's a specialist in to like try Minnesota. and figure out what yeah. the uh, cause of the issue is, which is never good. So let's say he misses two to four weeks, and then he ends up missing the, the long part of that four weeks. Los Angeles Rams, I was about to say St. Louis Rams, so I can't get that out of my head, but the Los Angeles Rams go 0-4. At what point do they say, hey, we're just going to shut you down until you can figure this out because... We're, we're in a full rebuild. We're going to lose Matthew Stafford to retirement. Sean McVay is probably going to go to retirement. Aaron Donald's probably going to go to retirement. We're just speculating on this, but everyone's always talking about retirement with them. So at what point is just like, just Cooper Cup's not playing this year because he can't figure out his hamstring and we don't care about winning to do it. I think he plays as soon as he figures it out and resolves it. But yeah, I, I, if he can play, these are guys, like the guys that get these kind of numbers that he gets, I'm pretty sure if they can play, they will play. I think Cooper that's, Cup wants to play too. I think that's he's the type I mean. of guy that wants to be out there. I, 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 I don't think he's going to risk anything because there's nothing to play for this season with them taking a few games, losses, and they're you know tougher division with yeah. you know if the Seahawks and the 49ers are looking tough. I don't see him having a reason to risk playing injured for nothing when everybody else on the team is retiring. A hundred percent. So just get healthy and come back when you're ready. That's what I'd assume. I'm sure as soon as he is healthy, though, regardless of the team standings, he's going to come back and play. He'll want to play. He yeah. seems like the guy that wants to but play. But a bigger injury. This weekend, uh, this tonight this injury. this is a guy who you and I talked to. I said Mahomes. You, I think you said Kelsey. You expected to have an injury this year. One of the year. two, yeah. I said it's probably going to be one of the two. Now, it's not a for sure he misses the game, but you and I have been so big on when the Chiefs in the last few years don't. If, if Kelsey's covered... They lose the game. That's all we say. It's just cover Kelsey. Get him no stats, nothing, no production, and the Chiefs lose that game. Because he comes up big all the time. So it's always, the and whole system win. runs off of him. Yeah. The so, whole system runs off of him. You can't have just an outside linebacker following around. You need an outside linebacker and a corner because he's that fast, he's that quick, um, and he's that like sneaky. He finds open holes. So you yeah. need two guys on him at all times, sometimes three. Um, and it's just... It's a big loss for them if they don't have him Thursday night. A big loss. It's a big loss, but it's also it's one game in the calendar. That's a big game. For me, it's more so huge, than for them. It, it is. For the Lions, it, more so for, for them. For them, it's a non-divisional game. Yeah. You know, it's not the worst game that they could give up if they're to give up a game for their you know attempt to repeat get to the Super Bowl. I agree. I think this first opening game is uh, is going to say a lot more about the Detroit Lions season than it will about the Kansas City Chiefs season. For sure. And the Chiefs again, Super we, Bowl we know this. It's, it's, been a story, it's been a storyline for a long time. It's really hard right now to repeat as Super Bowl champs yeah. in, the, uh, in the NFL. And the last guy I think who did it is who Patrick Mahomes is the comparable to, Mr. Tom Brady. Yeah. 
Yeah, Tom Tom Brady's old news on this podcast now, though. Well, speaking of old traditions, did you know that uh, the Super Bowl champs always kick off the season on Thursdays? I actually just learned that recently from you and my dad, but I did know that prior to you mentioning it on this podcast live, yeah. <laughs> so like as of right now you knew you knew that i was well you told me it earlier so yeah i did know but i mean i don't want to look like an idiot on the air here well you brought it up outside so those of you that don't know we usually sit down with a, a giant bottle of matus we've mentioned it before matus the original um i think it's called mateus but it's definitely know. matus it's, it's a portuguese lightly sparkling rosé you think it's mateus it's also the strangest beverage of choice for an NFL podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only $12. It is so cheap. So though. cheap. I wonder it's how... It's great for sunny days. It, we don't have the same... Once the season kind of kicks off and the weather turns yeah, a little colder here, Rose. up in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah, but I, I personally, I love those kind of traditions in sports. Like, There's some things in sports which true fans, I use the term true fans in my opinion of it, hate is when you take away existing traditions that have carried on for years i just i know they've 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 kind of people have made such a foundation of that as a tradition you know like something they can set their watch to they have their own personal things that they like to do during that time and it's such a unnecessary thing in my in my view to take it away from teams right yeah why well that's the thing is why and it all comes down to business and ratings and money Basically, yeah. it all comes down to. Um, I do love, love the, if you win the Super Bowl, you get to open the season up at home. I think that's very cool. Like an added little bonus to it um, because your, your team essentially has the most hype. Everyone gets to watch them the day of. And if you perform, then you just carry on your Super Bowl hype. Yeah, but it's also, as we say on this podcast, always golf golf honors. You get to start. You get to start. You get to start. It's Hopefully, it'll be ruined by the Lions. I mean, there's some things that are not going well for the Chiefs right now. Kelsey, they're talking about him not playing tonight. Um, and then Chris Jones, their like defensive player of the year type of guy. He's that good. He's on a he's holding out right now for a new contract. So they lost another defensive player, uh, another defensive juggernaut of theirs. Did they not? I'm trying to think of who he we went well, to. They, they had like Tyrone Mateau before. Um, Frank Clark. I'm pretty sure it's okay. Frank, Frank yep. Clark. Frank Clark left. So. Now Chris Jones is kind of the better-known name on that defense. And this is one side of the ball where Patrick Mahomes can't bail you out. No, exactly. He can't bail you out on defense. So like even if Travis Kelsey's out, Patrick Mahomes can find a way to use other players, utilize other things. Uh, you know, they got Andy, um, Andy Reid's offensive schemes. Beautiful to, brain. Yeah, to help out Mahomes make something happen. But they can't do anything on the defensive side. No, and you like even the Super Bowl was... Every time you had the ball, Philly would score a touchdown, or then Kansas City would score a touchdown. I think there was one time where they stopped Philly, and that ended up being the game. So now that your best player on defense, arguably top five defensive player in the league, is just holding out, sitting at home on your team. He's got one year left in his contract. Right now, I think he's the eighth paid, um, eighth highest paid defensive lineman in the league, and he just wants to be top two, top three, I think is what he's asking for, um, which is deserves uh, and then to extend his contract like they're either going to do it now or at the end of the season for a player like that that you know you need i don't know why you just wouldn't do it right now he said if he signs today then he'll play tonight he's ready to go but it's just i don't know if you're the chiefs why you would delay that i i never know what the gms are thinking they either 
don't know anything which we all know or they just know far more than the rest of us right. armchair GMs know. We do just sit at home screaming at the TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if Kelsey misses this game, somebody on offense has to step up if they're going to win. Like, is that Pacheco? Is that Sky Moore? Is that uh, Jarek McKinnon? Is that the backup tight end? Who who steps up? Because who Mahomes is the backup tight end? Is Noah Gray. Um, or Blake Bell. The, they're probably going to go to Noah Gray. He got more of the touches in the preseason, um, and they used him last year. He's not bad, and, I mean, the system is set up for a tight end. So I would say, I would arguably say that Noah Gray has a bigger game. So what do you know about a half-tight end role? Because I see that they have this guy, Rashid Rice. He's a wide receiver, technically. But they kind of consider him a half-tight end? What the hell is a half-tight end? He's... They use him for blocking schemes. Okay. Well, like offensive blocking schemes. He's six foot one, two oh four. I don't know the man's shoe size, but there's no way this guy can fill Travis Kelsey's shoes. There's just no way. <laughs> there's no. There's nobody that can fill Travis Kelsey's shoe size. Um, I mean, that's why I think it's going to be Noah Bell. He's just a traditional tight end, but everyone's been hyping up, at least in like some of the fantasy things I've been doing. This Rashid Rice guy and grabbing him like last round. But uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't watch any preseason. You don't watch any preseason, so neither of us know. No, it's a Super Bowl team. There's no way you can trust what they do in the uh, preseason. No, no, you just have to hope that Travis Kelsey only misses one game. If you're a Chiefs fan, that's about it. But I mean, uh, this is a great game for him to miss. If you're me, oh yeah, I, my money's on the lines for this one. I think the spread is. I think the Chiefs are supposed to win by six and a half. Um, I never bet for or against the Lions because you're never you're just a, it's a lose situation for you. Um, I'm just hoping for a good game. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. Now I don't. Want the to, hope is real, though. I don't want I will to be a wet that. blanket, but from what I saw, and I don't remember the year, but the Lions haven't won at Arrowhead in ages. ages. Well, they only now play them like one every four seasons or something like yeah. that, and then it then it goes alternating. I think stadiums so. One out of eight, every eight years they get to play in Arrowhead Stadium. So, yeah, sure. But what is that? So they lost against Alex Smith? Is that what you're telling me? Was Alex Smith there eight years ago? Who else would have been? I don't know. Alex Smith only played like two or three years with them, did he not? I don't even know who the quarterback was before that. Some guy. I just know the running backs, Jamal Charles, Priest Holmes. Those are the only guys I know. (laughs) I'm not going to do a prediction for tonight's game. I just know that I am very excited to like it's a whole day for me today i got i'm making pizza at halftime i am just gonna settle in i'm, I'm raising the flag up before the game the my lion's flag, the flag in the back oh yeah the flag i got a lion's flag i hoist it before the season you got a flag raising ceremony i got a flag raising ceremony my dad has now, a flag raising ceremony here's my question you know in the military when they you know have a fallen soldier there's a particular way you gotta fold that flag yeah. it's gotta be done right how do you fold the flag at the end of the season you don't. You usually are so angry that you just smush it up in a ball and tuck it away somewhere. Yeah. And then you have to find it the day of. I don't know where it is right now, but I'll find it. Maybe I'll iron it out. Maybe that's part of the ceremony. I'll iron it out, and I'll hook it up, Right. and I, I'll sing the song. Fair How enough. do you like watching football, by the way? Like, there's, oh, there's been, a difference. I've been chastised by you about it. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk I, about I it. I mean, I like to watch with a friend at a party. If I'm by myself on a Sunday, you know, I usually work all week, work 60 hours, 70 hours, do a bunch of extracurriculars. Sunday's me day just to kind of relax. 
yeah, I got multiple TVs in the house. I can put it on a 50-something inch TV, but I usually just lie there in bed and watch the games on my phone, drift in and out of sleep sometimes if the game's a little bit boring, and that's kind of like my staple way of watching football through the season. Now, I do like watching with friends. You get some food ready, you kind of have a little barbecue, watch it. My only issue is I'm a very observant person. Now, it sounds like I'm hyping myself up, but that comes at a cost, is that when there's too much going on, I can get distracted very easily. Like going to bars, I I used to like going to bars to watch sporting events, but I don't like it as much anymore because I can't focus solely on the game. You get caught up in like what's going on in the world around you. You can't shush people. You can't tell people to just calm the hell down. There's always somebody asking stupid, inane questions that... You know, there's going to be somebody smarter than you, but there's always going to be somebody way dumber than you. Like, you can only get upset at the dumbers, and that's about it. It just takes away from the going experience, right? Well, that's why I, I, we're both very much competitive people, so we'll watch whatever sport. As long as there's people competing and you can enjoy that competition, we'll pretty much watch anything. Um, that's why I also don't like watching in bars is because you do have that person that doesn't know anything that's just constantly talking about, hey, how's your life going? What's this? What's that? What'd you do on the weekend? What you doing? Like, I just shut up. I'm trying to listen to anybody that's not Chris Collinsworth on the television talk. And I just want to sit in darkness. I've got two TVs so I can watch my fantasy players above, like on the top TV. I bring in a third television for NFL Red Zone. And then the main TV is the Lions game. And it's only the Lions game. Usually they're the 10 a.m. games out here, so they'll kick off 1 p.m. games on the East right, Coast. Right, so, but I, I get that a lot of people have the tradition for their team. When you're a diehard fan of a team, you have a tradition that, like, you know, this is the way I have to watch my team play. Yes. But outside of them, a lot of, you know, you can be a little more lax on the rules. And I'll choose a bad game if it's, like, a Monday night football game or a Sunday night football game, uh, football game specifically Online's Sunday night football. Week. What's your watching on a Lions bye week? It would be lenient. Like I would be able, I'd be much more. Can I, come ava- I would be much more available <laughs> to invite you over on a Lions bye week, um, or a Sunday without the Lions playing. So you'll get three of those this year. You'll get the the game this week where Sunday they won't be playing. You'll get the Thanksgiving game where Sunday they won't be playing, and then you'll get their bye week where they won't be playing. Those are the only three options anybody in my life, maybe besides like my parents. And I'd have to say my sister, or else she's gonna be mad. Um, Tom, her husband's not allowed to come though; he's a Buffalo Bills fan. But those are like I want to watch this game in silence at home. I don't want to have to like explain something or talk about something, or or if I'm trying to listen to something and I have to do like shush somebody away, like I feel rude about it, and then I feel like the team's gonna let a touchdown in because I was rude for a second. Yeah, I think you have no problem being rude. But what would it take <laughs> for me to be invited? To watch a Lions game with you. Um, What's the circumstance? Like, how does this happen? Like, I'm I'm on my deathbed. This is my Make a Wish Foundation thing. Like, hey, your buddy, he just would love to watch a Lions NFL game. NFL Sunday Ticket would have to say, Hey, Tyler, we are going to put cameras in your house because your podcast is so successful. We want to watch you watch the game, watch your Lions with your friends, and we're going to televise it across America. That is the only way. You know, that I would that miss. That doesn't sound fun for me though. Like, I mean, what do you mean? You get to watch the game here. That's all you've wanted. Yeah, and now you're now you now you're making stipulations on it. Yeah, because then we can't be ourselves. Well, no, not on national television. <laughs> no, not on national television. <laughs> not at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> we'd have to be in suits. We'd be on our best behavior. Yeah, we'd. And be, it'd be boring as hell for us the way boring. we'd watch it. 
It would be very boring. I the thing is like I get so so when I watch my teams play in any sport, it's I'm very quiet. I just sit there. You'll never really hear me get super loud about something. I'll mumble and grumble things, but until the very last play of the game, it's I might get animated then, but usually it's just like ah, oh, are you fucking okay? What? <sighs> like just so, like usually and as a Lions fan usually you're just upset and depressed and like you know you're gonna lose but it's just it's frustrating to watch that continue no I, I get that because like when I've watched games where I met a you know collective fans of the same level of interest in that team there is kind of you know you gotta know your group like is this a shut the hell up and watch the game group or is it like yeah it's casual we're gonna talk whatever you got to be with your group. But one thing I learned about myself, and I actually learned it from a sports fan at horse racing. You ever been to the ponies? Yeah. The ponies? When I'm so invested in it, and this doesn't necessarily money on the line, sometimes I get too much anxiety that I can't even watch. I have to turn away. Like, I can't. I got to yeah. go focus on something else yeah. because the anxiety hits so hard of, like, are they going to do it or, like, you know, your team's up a score and there's too much time and it just, it, it, it hurts to start watching. Yeah. Like the anxiety starts taking over. I've actually had to look, like, stop watching yeah. because it just, it gets me. I'm the same way if it's, so let's say there's a last second, the Lions are down by two and they're out there with the field goal team and it's a 50-yard field goal, so that's still pretty long. Um, I will do the same thing. I'll, like, bury my head and I'll just kind of listen and, like, maybe peek, like, I'm like yeah. a scary movie or something. Um, but if it's, for instance, the Justin Tucker kick when Baltimore, the Ravens beat us in the last second from like a 67 yarder, I'm watching cause I'm just like, he's going to make this kick. So I don't, I don't need to worry about being upset because there's nothing we can do. This is Justin Tucker. We're talking about, he's going to make the kick and I'm just going to watch the rest of these games just quietly at my home. Now, this is something I haven't mentioned on the air, but I've mentioned to you billions of times. There's one thing I can sympathize with you in terms of sports heartbreak is my teams have never won anything ever. In fact, I can almost one-up you on one matter. That one of my childhood teams was actually taken away, the Vancouver Grizzlies. I grew up, inaugural season, I was going to games. I saw Kobe Bryant in his rookie season at, it was GM Place at the time. You know, I watched that franchise stumble on everything, you know, the, the Steve Francis pick. And they took my team away. Like, that is just a heartbreak. When, especially when you're a kid and you're so excited for having this team. Like, I was a huge basketball fan back then. I had the cards. I had the jerseys. I, you know, I was into it, right? And they took my team away. And that just kills you. I mean, yeah, you hate the Memphis Grizzlies to this Absolutely. day. Absolutely. I, I, I hope every I, I hope they never win a game. I, I will never support them winning a single Which is game. weird to me because they're supporting the Vancouver Grizzlies. They're throwing back the jerseys. They didn't make it the Memphis Grizzlies with the old teal and like decal uh, fringe. They're actually wearing the Vancouver name the Memphis to this day. Grizzlies to me is the equivalent of like you love this girl. You did everything for her and she's just happier at somebody else's house. So you don't get to see her. You don't get to sleep with her. You should be happy for her happiness. Sure, okay, yeah, you're a good guy on paper. Yeah, I'm happy for her. But you hate her because she chose somebody else to be with than you. See, you've never said that before. So well, that makes more implied. sense. I <laughs> thought it was implied. But the heartbreaker, they took your team. They took your team. <laughs> if the Detroit Lions moved to Des Moines, Des Moines, Iowa, how would you feel about them? I'd have to change teams. You, 
Yeah, like your identity would be partially gone. And I'd probably never go to Des Moines. You're not wrong. No. <laughs> and if you met somebody from Des Moines, like the stink of the automatic just, they'd have they'd be in a pit to try and kind of work up to make you like them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, that's great. That's a great way. To, you never put it that way before. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't kind of mouth off to somebody from Memphis because they'd probably kick my ass. But to be fair. Yeah, they might understand, though. They might yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, you gotta, what's your team football-wise? So I've historically always been a bandwagon jumper because I can tell you the history of how I got into football. Right. As a kid, I had Sega Genesis, and I had, I think it was Madden 93. Okay. I did not understand it. Like I can remember the like the label on that, the yeah. logo on that. Yeah, I didn't understand the plays. Like, I didn't know about run plays, throw plays, you know, like the different defensive schemes. I don't know any of that. You know, like yeah. Persian immigrant family. Like parents didn't teach me any of this. I remember taking my dad to baseball games, little league baseball. He hated it because he didn't know the sport. And he's watching it played at the lowest level possible. He's <laughs> not going to make you a fan of the sport. His son's playing though. Ah, yeah, but he just he he was there for moral support, but he didn't want to be there. So I remember I just like video games. I hope he hears this. I was like, no, that's not true. That's I, not uh, true at all. No, no, he's told me so many times. It's very <laughs> true. This is where I got the info from. So playing Madden, I kind of just like learned what the hell football was. I collected sports cards, and I remember vividly. I didn't collect football cards. I had a New Orleans Saints. I think he was defensive lineman. I don't even know who he was. I had his sports card. And then at school, the kids at school, we'd play football. We'd play tackle in the grass and stuff. Like, we'd play football. I didn't understand the rules that well, but I could catch and run. I never played quarterback because I just didn't get the thing. And I remember the whole scheme of blitzing. You had to count out five seconds before you were allowed yeah. to blitz the quarterback because otherwise, there wasn't defensive lines or anything, right? School like offensive field rules, lines. Yeah. Those are the yeah. rules. So I started getting into it. And then from there at the time i'd visit my family in uh, San, uh, bay area my brother was born in the bay area we'd go down there a lot and jerry rice i mean he was a big name this was just like yeah. <laughs> I, I i was a kid when kind of montana was leaving but he was still known as like it was wayne gretzky michael jordan and joe montana those are the three best players in in the sport because i think at that time they're still kind of saying Babe Ruth was the best baseball player of all time. So it wasn't a guy in the modern area. It would have been Ken Griffey, I think, at the time. But right. the best of the sports was alive at the time. Like, they were playing. Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and Joe Montana were the three best at their respective sports at that time. And so I kind of became a little bit of a 49ers fan. You know, I liked the Oakland Raiders just they had a cool image. And, you know, Dallas was doing well, and they had a lot of memorable players. I never really had any association with them, but... Of course, becoming just the proximity made me a Seahawks fan. And then I saw this NFL Films thing. And I kind of fell in love with the running back position. It kind of just highlighted two main guys that were just amazing to watch beyond the other. And they played very differently. One of them was your boy, Barry Sanders. Say, that's course. obviously got to be one of them. The most elusive guy there was. He just bounced off most guys. exciting player that's ever played football. And then the other guy, which, again, he's not going to fall in the same ranks, but he was, from what I saw from the clips, they just the two were there at the time. Walter Payton. Oh, wow. I did not think you were going. No. I thought you were going to go Emmett Smith. No, I, I just I didn't know much about Emmett Smith, but Walter Payton was the other guy I saw. And I recognized him from, he was also in wrestling at the time. Like, I saw some wrestling videos. He'd done a little bit of a WCW or WWF stuff. 
Did he really? Yeah, he did. He wrestled there. Yeah, he came out. <laughs> That's like, and that, I just that, recognized that the name, you. and I kind of just like watched him. Like he played very differently. He was more like um, he's the old school style. Just head first, go jump into the pile, like just like crash into guys, right? Yeah. And, like try and get that extra yard by crashing into the guy. He's got a lot of famous videos where he's jumping over, oh like, yeah, jumping over the line. But he was still pretty elusive. He's not Barry Sanders elusive, but he's was sweetness. Like he, yeah, he was. People say he's the greatest of all time. I think Barry is, but um, a lot of people say it's Walter Payton, Jim Brown, Barry, and then you could say Emmitt Smith, but I don't think so because his offensive line was so good, and he had like Irvin and Troy Aikman. So it's, but I mean that's they an had a argument great team. for someone else. Coach. Great like, team. Yeah. Barry Sanders is always regarded as well because he like for how many decades was he the entirety of the Detroit Lions highlight reels? That's it all. That's all he was. This, it he, was him. The, Until the, Calvin Johnson came out. The whole entire Lions organization in the Super Bowl era was, we did nothing but lose. We've won one playoff game since like 1958, whenever the Super Bowl uh, era started happening. One playoff game we won. Um, and it's just been, we have two of arguably the greatest players ever. At the respective positions. At the, and, at the respective pitches. And, and I, I would say overall, even top yeah. 20 overall. Yeah. Barry Sanders at the running back position and then Calvin Johnson at the uh, wide receiver position. And I would say that I was a Lions fan because my dad was a Lions fan and his dad was a Lions fan. So we're born into it. And you don't get to choose to be a Lions fan. And I've had people this year ask me, can I jump on the bandwagon? Can I be a Lions fan? And I say, no. Like, sure, you can want to. I would highly not suggest it because it's never going to work out well. And why would you choose this? I don't, I like, it's a lot of hype right now and a lot of hope, but it's the hope that kills you. And every year we just don't, we've never like succeeded past expectations. So I think I'm going to use English football just because it's a simple one to use for the, the reference. There's something different about that where there's a lot less bandwagon jumping because people have these deep rooted fanhoods to teams right it's so historic there's so much of a legacy there's so much of a tradition that like your team is your team some of your teams will never win mm. the structure of the sport is just set up in a way that you don't have the money and if you do get a good player you sell them so the club can stay profitable so i've always thought like if you're a true fan, it doesn't matter how good your team is. The true fans, you find some reason, some sort of mm -hmm. connection to a team, and that's why you become like it's just something inherent. You in find you. small victories, whether they're on the field, whether well, they're no, in just a player the player having to, a great yeah, day. But the, the reason to support them, it's not just because like oh they won the championship in this year and I kind of just became a fan. Like that's kind of it happens, but it's rare. It's usually like there's a childhood memory or it, it just something like an aesthetic feel or like. There was just an association you had with them, something you knew about them, and it kind of just grew from there. And you just find yourself eventually like that's your team, like you bleed that team, and like doesn't matter what happens, that's your team, and you just you love them, win, lose, or hate. That's a real fan. There's fans of like you know I like this team because they're winning right now. It's exciting to watch. Their brand of the sport is good, but you're kind of just a fan of that sport, and that's the current fashion to be you know watching that team because yeah. it's exciting. But you're not really a die-hard fan. It's not like in your blood. That's why these people that ask, like, can I be a fan of the Lions this year? Is like, I don't even tell me because next year, if they're not good, you're not, and you're not going to be like, oh, I'm still watching them because I know you're not. No. 
And I, I, that's one of the things I don't want to watch the Lions with other people because if they start getting excited and their heart's not actually in it and I'm just sitting there knowing that I'm very still and very calm, I don't need to see someone get fake excited about something that I'm actually excited about. Yeah, I mean, like I'm very open when I'm talk about being a bandwagon fan of a team because there's nothing wrong with being a bandwagon fan is you know you can identify that way or whatever like you just have to know that if you're watching with all diehard just oh, kind of yeah. check what you're saying every once in a while you know and i always have kind of a, a joke that i overuse is like oh i've been a, every joke I've been, <laughs> you have is overused <laughs> you know well i've been a lifelong fan of that team since last week you know it's it's a very hard thing to be a lions fan in regards of like yes watching them play but again you get you find small victories within a player that you like that you enjoy watching or a coach that you like or a scheme or just like something like Calvin Johnson Barry Sanders the worst part is i remember sitting in a bar um, when i didn't have a tv when i first moved out to vancouver i'd go to this place the rogue bar it was a sports bar on granville street and no one else was there at 10 a.m. Because why would you be at a dark, dingy dive bar at 10 a.m.? But I just get Especially there on a Sunday. On a Sunday the morning. Al- the, the BC alcohol uh, rules is they can't actually serve you at 10 a.m. either. Yeah, so you have to wait till 11. Yeah. And so I would get there. I'd order breakfast, and I'd sit at the bar. And um, there was a couple bartenders there that I'd obviously see every weekend. But I remember it was like, yeah, so 2010, they're playing the Jets. And the Lions aren't good. They haven't been good. I know they're not good, but I'm still going to watch because this is something I love. And there's only four other people in the bar, and there's Jet. There four Jets fans. They got the jerseys on, and they're sitting way at the back. I'm up front um, with the bartender, and the Lions are up seven to three with like five minutes left in the fourth. I haven't said a word all game. Just sitting there eating, having like a, a orange juice and like Disarona or something. And the Lions lose the game because the Lions lost every game. And all of a sudden, all four of these Jets fans come up and sit beside me. And they're like, oh, that's going to suck, eh? Losing the last minute? And I go, no, actually. And I don't like, I'm actually embarrassed for you guys coming up to a Lions fan and trying to tell me off for losing when I lose every week since I was like three years old and can remember losing is we always lose. So I'm very good at dealing with the loss i've never had hope the fact that you're coming to try to like get under my skin when your team almost lost to the detroit lions is embarrassing for you guys and you don't even know it and it was just like almost like they just crawled up into a ball and went back to their seats it's like what do you like you can't heckle a lions fan and people try to do it and it's like you're this is embarrassing for you it's embarrassing for you because i know they're not good they've never been good we have high hopes each year but we don't talk about it we just sit there quietly we eat our bag of peanuts, and we sit in the dark with no friends around on Sundays. That's why we do it, and we'll always do it that way. Yeah, I've never been one to just heckle an arbitrary fan of a team I don't know. You heckle your buddy just because you know each other, you have that relationship. You're gonna heckle him anyway. You, yeah, he gets a new That's shirt. Completely different. Get, yeah. He gets a new shirt that his wife made him wear. You're gonna <laughs> heckle him, right? Like you just—it doesn't matter. But this whole thing because. Every team is up and down in history. Like, you can find a team that lost a game at any sport at any time, right? Yeah. Like, this whole thing of, like, we're winners. It's like, you did nothing, asshole. Yeah. I just never got this arbitrary. I, <coughs> excuse me. I understand if you just want to go talk to the guy about the game. Like, kind of just like a little recap, like a fan recap thing. But the That's th- fine. The Come throwing, to talk yeah, about the it, but throwing yeah. in their face of just like some complete stranger of like our team won, your team. I never got that. To me, it's just such a low brow thing. 
unless you kind of had a little bit of competitive thing going on. But if you're just two people minding your own business, I never understood if just, you know, throwing somebody else's achievements in another yeah. fan's face. It just, it never made sense to me, yeah. right? It just seems Neanderthal to me. Well, that's the, and that's the, you, you remember those times once, like when they happened. But I remember also at that same bar, I would always remember wearing my Barry Sanders jersey and, I sat down beside a guy in a Vikings jersey, and we watched the Lions-Vikings game together. Not once did we talk about football, I don't think. We just talked about whatever was going on in the football world, but not this game because it was like he knew we were the Lions, and they were destroying us. It's like he, just, he doesn't have to say anything. He knows. Like Some people get it, and then you're just there with them, and you enjoy the time. But I, you're right. I don't get why you'd go up to a random stranger and heckle them for like no reason, especially when you're like – you're. You're heckling the lions. Yeah. But it also goes to my point of it's just your perception of a fan. Like, I'm not a fan of the team winning. That's my team. You know, I'm going to support them win or lose. Yeah. So, yeah, we lost the game, whatever. Like, you're going to lose at the end of the season anyway. We're both going to be losers. Right? When it's all said and done, neither one of us is winning anything this year. So what does it really matter? Is your biggest victory that you beat the lowest team in the league? That's what your, your high is? You're just better than us? That's it? Well... In the grand scheme of things, you're just as bad. It doesn't matter. I will say that that is a lot more fun to do in fantasy football leagues. You can, if a guy is on his way to like the playoffs and you can just knock him out with your shitty fantasy football team, I, I'll heckle everybody in fantasy football because it's just ridiculousness to begin with. Yeah, but that's a little bit different because you're heckling somebody for your kind of accomplishments and in the fact of you're assembling your team and you're not just picking the teams that exist. You've created this team of your own. It's within your own little league, right? Like nobody has, I don't know, anybody in fantasy that their entire team is consistent of all Green Bay Packers players, all Detroit Lions players, all Dallas Cowboys players. Unless you're very new to fantasy football. No, because if somebody saw, if I saw somebody doing that, I'd pick up one player (laughs) just to spite them, so they don't have that one. See, that's where it's different in fantasy. That's where that's where you go to heckle and like actual like like the sport of it. You don't have any control over it. No, but whereas fantasy, you have that control. Are you in? How many leagues do you usually do each year? I've always done one. I kind of got bullied into it through some work people and. I, I got a love-hate thing with it, as most people do. It kind of starts to consume you. You care you care way too much about it than you should, and you know it. Yeah. But it just kind of, you enjoy it still. And you I've can, heard a lot of stories about guys that I know that have been in like one or two leagues, and they dwindle down, or sorry, like four or five leagues, they dwindle down to one or two, and then they get out of it altogether, and they say it's way more fun watching football when you don't actually have something on the line. I personally don't know if that's true because i do one like i only do one league now a year i dropped out of my other league this year but i just do one uh league and that's why i have the like three television setups yeah. because i want to follow the guys i have on my team to see how they're doing i'll always be lions of forever like even if a guy that i have on my team is playing the lions i'm wishing nothing but like like failure for him yeah i only gonna think that that's not true only for the fact that from what I understand, one of the key reasons the NFL is growing so steadily is because sports betting is growing so steadily. Yeah. So I think people are more and more interested in betting on it to make it a little bit more interesting. So I don't really agree with that. I'm actually in the second fantasy league for the first time this year. And as you know me, a little something that the listeners won't know is 
notoriously <laughs> bad at making it to the draft. Like, uh, I for mean, the that, worst reasons too. I, well, like no, every I year mean, we have this conversation <laughs> that you missed. This your draft. year was bad. This and year I just year, thought it was the wrong day. It's the but, same thing as every year. No, you no, say most that, oh, I can't make it. I'm like, why? You're like, oh, well, I'm just driving around for fun that day. I forgot no, that that's no, my no, no, that's my no, walking no. hour. Most I was on a years hike. It's like, like I get laid twice a year, and one of them always just happens to me on the day my fantasy football draft. It just that's that's the way the universe works, and I'm not going to turn it down. But it just it goes up that way. It just so you would you would. You well, would go planned. on a just date like, over a fantasy football draft. Well, the date got extended. I was supposed to be done. If, if all things went to according to the status quo, I was going to be done in time, well in time for the fantasy football draft. <laughs> I was going to have my meal meal ready. I was going to take a nap before. I was going to be there on time. Pick out some players. Do a little research. See, I would never... Things ran long. I would never even... Like sign up for anything else on the day of my fantasy. Doesn't matter. There's a different day. There's um, there's 365 days out of the year. That that one is the only one. I wasn't trying to do the same thing on the other 365 (laughs) days. Yeah, but there's your fantasy draft is on one day. Your fantasy draft is one day. That's all. I woke up and I'm like, this is what I'm thinking about the entire day. You know what? I sat on that auto draft. I'm still competing. So I don't know if that says that I'm that good or it's just so much luck. Because I found again, I'm not a pro fantasy player. I don't think anybody really is. Maybe a handful of people in the entire world. All the the main thing is your key guys don't get hurt. If you, if you can not get injuries, you can no, you have I a think, chance. I you think... have a chance to do well in the playoffs. The thing that kills you is long term injuries to your key guys. That'll kill you. It doesn't no, matter who, if how you well play you the draft. waiver wire well and how well you draft determines that. You're not wrong though. Like if you have two guys on your team um, that aren't going to play the whole year, yeah, you're you're screwed. But you can manage that in the waiver wire. You can make trades. You can get things done. It just depends on what you pay attention to it. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Get your phone out. Um, bring up this auto draft team that you had. And let's break down some of these picks. Because I'm in a completely different league where I'm. It's, this is my life. We had like a week-long event to, to get to this draft. We do four keepers each year, mandatory. Um, and I want to talk about my team a little bit. Because there's guys that I wish I got. There's guys that I chose over other guys. And the instant like buyer's remorse I had, and I'm going to talk about it right away, is that I saw Keenan Allen wasn't able to be kept by another team because he had four better keepers. I saw him fall to me in what essentially is a fifth round of a draft, but it's our first round. And all day, I was I remember taking a shower before to prepare, prepare, and I'm just thinking, okay, Trevor Lawrence is my guy. Trevor Lawrence is my guy. With the fifth overall pick, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to be set at quarterback. And then Keenan Allen, who should have been kept, Fell to me. I picked him. Screwed up my entire day. Immediate buyer's remorse. I was able to salvage um, Tua, Tua out of the Tango Viola for the Dolphins. But we know about how... I'm just hoping that his stunt work in the offseason is going to keep him healthy. But I don't... like. Even now, I'm trying to trade for Trevor Lawrence. And I know that Reed's listening. And he's not going to give him up easy to me. He might trade him to someone else for more. But Oh, like, back up. We got a listener? We got one. I know we got at least one listener. Um, but like, this is like, it's something that I think about all the time and I'm the commissioner of that league. So you constantly have people like reminding you of like, this person's breaking that rule. This is not fair. That's not fair. It's very annoying. But at the same time, like that's why you, you do it because it's, it's so much fun. Right. The other side of it is the people actually in this particular league had an in-person draft this year, but I only know a couple really? of them. I only know a couple of them. So how do they not of- call you and say, where are you? Well, no, I was invited. I could have gone, but I was like, ah, I don't know. 
I don't know them well enough to just so show just up to something. Like, but could you do it online as an option? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I just blew it. I thought it was the next day. And not nobody called you to tell you to remind. Because not league, only that, just... I, the the draft was at six. I spoke to one of the guys at five, and I said, "Oh, you know, I'm like thinking about the draft for tomorrow," and he didn't even correct me because See, I, I get it. I get it because I it's don't every man, get it. Though. It's every man for themselves. Sure, but I don't. If get one it. guy's gonna blow it. It's more fun because every year you have the guy that didn't make the draft and then he just gives up on his team halfway through. Whereas no, I'm always competitive. As if you do draft. I know, but there's a guy that would. So even if he doesn't know you're competitive or if he if he knows you're competitive or not, for him to risk one guy completely blowing off the entire season is huge to the league. You need everybody participating. Yeah, but I'm not going to blow it off. They know. They know from past years. I'm not blowing it off. I've, the best I've done is second. The worst I've done is just miss the playoffs. Well, it's because you're always auto-drafting, which those guys usually do just get in the playoffs randomly all the time, which is so frustrating. Well, yeah, because... Well, let's go to my team. Break, oh, break it open. No, 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 because we had a rule before we ever started this podcast. We're not just going to talk about our fantasy teams. I don't want to break that rule. I think that's a good rule. We don't... <laughs> and nobody... Just at least give remember, me your best remember, player. At least give me your best player. Jamar Chase. That's my guy. Okay. Who's quarterback? Oh, yeah, we went over this. Okay. Yeah, you're... Yeah, you're, you're yeah. Okay. All I want to say is... There's a reminder that every fantasy person needs to remember. Nobody gives a shit about your team. Nobody out there gives a shit about your team. That's true. That's why it's nice to have shared teams in some leagues, which is starting to be more popular, is that instead of having 12 teams in a league, you've got to find someone to run it with so that you can actually enjoy making those decisions with. I just got myself out of sharing my embarrassing team in this. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So wait. You talked about girls earlier. Do you spend more time on your fantasy football app going through waiver wire and who you should start, or are you just swiping on Bumble or Hinge or whatever it is all the time? Well, it's the structure of the apps, right? If I'm on a dating app, they require more time throughout the week because it's a numbers game. Fantasy is you kind of get in, put your stuff in. I don't need to read that much. On the waiver wire, I don't need to read every single player available. You got your few key targets. And you're probably going to know a little bit about them, who you're at. You set who your picks are. You set your preferences on the waiver order and hope you get what you get. But when you got a girlfriend, why are you on the... Uh... On the apps at all. If you got a girlfriend, why are you on the apps at exactly. all? Exactly. So it kind of will fluctuate between that. But, but if you don't have a girlfriend, you're, the, yeah, you're these, on the apps more? Well, they, they just require way more effort, So right? if you want to win your league, choose more single guys to be in it. That's what you're saying? No, I mean, if you want to win your league, you got to hope, you just watch games, right? Because the, the leagues are usually decided by... It's tough to watch games when you're just swiping the entire time. Well, I'm, I'm a cheapo. I only got so many swipes. I'm not <laughs> man. I mean, five minutes, I'm out. Like, I'm done. <laughs> and you got to wait for 24 hours, something like that? Exactly, yeah. You know, sometimes you take a break. You know, you can't go every day. You, you get frustrated, but... <laughs> so fill in those gaps with your fantasy football team well yeah fill it in and then you know just schedule your dates for the uh, draft nights and the uh, and obviously the night before the big waiver wire where the uh, the best well, you prospect should be paying, is yeah, coming you out. should be paying attention to your team yeah. um, okay let's, still make the playoffs we are about an hour in people probably want to stop listening to us or the game might start let's break down because we said we're going to do this this week let's break down who we think is going to win and lose we don't need to go over records um but let's break down who we think is going to win and lose each division. Let's start with the NFC North, actually, um, because that is the division I care about most. Um, 
I'm on the Lions bandwagon. I, I mean, I do I need to ask permission? I mean, I don't care if I get a boarding pass or not, but I'm jumping on that Lions bandwagon. I'm hoping, I'm also hoping the Lions win this division. I'm not going to pick In your life, up. have you seen a Lions division win? Uh, yeah, they like 93 or something like that. Okay, so when yeah, they won yeah, that yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but then the, I think there are other two. They've made it the playoffs twice, and I think they're both wild cards. Because it's always been Green Bay. We've always had Favre and then Rodgers to deal with. Um, I think the loser of this division, I'm going to go uh, – I'm actually going to go – yeah, Bears. I'm going to go Bears. Yeah, I can jump on the Bears too. I'll okay. Give it, I'll give it the Bears. Let's go NFC South. NFC – or sorry, AFC South. AFC, uh, AFC South. North. Oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jeez, I'm all over the place here. AFC North. We got Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. Uh, you want to go winner first or loser first? You choose. I'll go winner. And I'm going to pull a little different this time than what I said the previous week. I will jump on the Ravens bandwagon now. I kind of so I'm looking at this, and I think I've always, like, the last two months, I'm like, Bengals have it in the bag. But, man, I kind of want I want the Ravens. I th- I'm going to go Ravens as well. I yeah. think I'm going to go Ravens as well. And then, I actually want the Bengals to win. I want to see Joey Burrow. Do it'd be well. nice. I, that's yeah. my guy. I'd rather see him do it's well. It's just that it, I agree with you. I just think that the success they've had in like getting to as far as they've been getting over the last three years, at some point, is going to take like a little bit of a downfall until they can get yeah. up there again. I think that might be this season this year. Um, and then I have the Browns losing this division. You know, it's the safest bet in football. It is. It's the safest bet. In I think Steelers uptick. Ravens and Bengals played out for the the lead i almost then, jumped to the steelers winning the division but i don't want to just sound it's a lot of pressure on kenny pickett i don't want to sound too cocky on a division i don't care that much about yeah it's a fun division though i do it is I oh do, these guys like, are always hard always, these guys always, these yeah. guys bring it but also but you know, all exciting teams to watch except i would say the browns aren't exciting but i mean mike tomlin always always has a winning season and then the bengals have arguably the most exciting offense with those three wide receivers and then lamar jackson is then almost arguably the most exciting player to watch in the NFL. For sure. Uh, AFC South, the team I was stumbling over earlier. Um, I think we both know who's winning this one, right? We're jumping on the Jags. However, I want to point out, and I think I messaged you privately about this, I am just going to soon be jumping on the bandwagon of that Colts quarterback. Really? You did message me about this, but... So, not because I think he's particularly skilled... But I, he's one of those guys. He's like reminds me a little bit of uh, what I said about Jalen Hurts before he played, before he took over the starting role. From everything I've seen about him, he seems like he's the right kind of athlete that's committed to being successful. I'm predicting this guy has a very good career. Just everything about his mentality, how he wants to get better, how he carries himself, and just he's a good person. Like. It's one of those things about, like, you see these guys have integrity in class, and they're just, they're the right people for the job because you know that, like, hey, maybe he's not the best guy today, but he's going to be the guy working to be better. I just kind of see that, and that's kind of what I've learned about him as he's kind of been through training camp and all that preseason. Yeah, it might be a rough year for him this year, though. I think it's going to be terrible. I don't think he's got the weapons. I think... He's not going to have a successful year now, but I think he's got the right mentality and the right work ethic to be... Obviously, any player that's made the NFL has the skills to be good. It's just once you get there, are you able to just take yourself to that next level, which you need to? Yeah. You know, college, I, college level doesn't cut it. We've learned that with so many quarterbacks. 
the college level will not cut it in the NFL. Unfortunately, I think the Colts lose this division. I believe, yeah, I'll jump on the Colts to lose and the Jags to win. And I think it has nothing to do with... Uh, I know the Texans aren't good. They also have a rookie quarterback. No, I'm going to stay with the Texans to lose. Jags the only thing Texans is the Colts with the, the drama around Jonathan Taylor and like the distractions for a quarterback who was seemingly going into a good position and then Jonathan Taylor bails on him. It's not... I don't think it bodes well for team chemistry. I don't think it bodes well for the locker room. Unless, as you say... If Anthony Richardson is this guy, maybe he has the ability to turn that around and get ahead of the Texans there. Um, let's go to the NFC South because we're going to keep jumping back and forth conferences. Another uh, bad division. So I've been kind of going back and forth with the Saints and the Falcons. I think the Saints on paper seem a little better, but the Falcons got that little wild card X factor, which has been intriguing. But I'm going to stick with the Saints. And I'm going to put the Bucks to lose. And I think that... Wow. Here's, a, here's a question. Where do you stand on Mike Evans? Is Mike Evans a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes. Won a Super Bowl. And all 10 years of his career, he's had over 1,000 yards receiving. Yeah. Those are the only two things he needs to get in. Okay. Um, I think he gets traded this year. Yeah, I, I, I feel like he is not long to be wearing a different jersey yeah. than the Bucks. Um. And then I go, whatever team he goes to, I think he has fantastic stats um, for one or two years and then and then kind of a, a steep decline. Um, I think the Saints win this as well, if only because their defense doesn't face like a number one quarterback until like week 11 or something like that. And like a guy that's scary. This Saints defense has a very easy schedule, the easiest schedule. Um, so I think that they win this division. And then I think the Panthers lose it. I think it goes Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Buccaneers. Sorry, Saints, Falcons, Buccaneers, Panthers. Yeah, I could see that. But I was kind of just giving them a little bit of a... You're trying to bump their spirits up a little bit. Bump their spirits just because I think the Bucks are kind of going to have a little rude awakening with Baker. I think that... Baker, I don't Mayfield. even think... Is it Baker Mayfield? It's Baker Mayfield and soon to go to Kyle, Kyle Trask. Trask. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think that's the... I think their running backs are far worse than their quarterbacks are in depth chart. But that's a different topic. Um, let's go NFC East. Ooh. Tough one. I still, because I picked my guy Jalen Hurts to win the MVP this year, I'm going to stick with the Eagles to win it. But I don't think it's going to be easy. I think, But I also think there's going to be a little bit more. Uh, I think this is going to show, this season is going to show Dak Prescott, not his skill level. It's going to be the first time where his psyche is going to get tested more than his skill level. Because... The talks about, hey, they low in after Trey Lance. Nobody told you about yeah. it. It's just going to build up more and more. Hey, you know, you've kind of not met the target for the past few seasons. We're going to see, like, his mental toughness going into, like, hey, could this be my time at, as a cowboy is going to get tested yeah. more than it has in past seasons. I agree. I agree because they can sign. Like, if Trey Lance is good in practice, they can get rid of Dak and all the money he costs and just go to Trey and take a gamble because at some point they're going to have to leave Dak Prescott if he doesn't provide playoff wins. Um, this division, I'm going to go Eagles to win as well, but I don't want to choose a last place because this might be the only division of football where all four of these teams can make the playoffs. They were close, close last, last year. year. I, I think Sam Howell is going to take a big step up, and then I think, I think the Giants... The Giants Really? I don't. I, 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 here's my thing, and I could be completely wrong, and there's nothing to base this off except the fact of his first few seasons. I just don't see Daniel Jones being that amazing. I think he's sneaky good. 
He I could think be he's sneaky good. He's sneaky fast, which you don't realize how fast he is just because he stumbles and he's clumsy when he runs. But he's actually like if they clock his speed, he's actually a speed strip yeah. quarterback. Yeah, no, and I that's why I think like I think mm, I I think Cowboys finished last place in this division. But I think they still made the playoffs. I think all four of these teams make the playoffs. That just says so take. much about the NFC. The NFC stinks. Uh, let's jump over to the AFC East, which is... This one's even tougher now. I mean, I know. Because the only thing about the AFC is that you look at all four of these teams, and you're like, all four of those teams could make the playoffs this year. But the AFC is so, so strong that four from the same division are very unlikely to do so. Now, here's what I'm going to take. Here's my take. I'm putting the Patriots last... I agree. Only, I'm doing the same thing. Only for one reason, but this could completely backfire. It's because what does Belichick have up his sleeve getting rid of every quarterback except for Mac Jones? I feel like he doesn't have the, that kind of faith in Mac Jones. I think that's the opposite. I think that he Which has is- that much faith and he wants to prove it to Mac Jones. Sure, but I feel like he never has faith for anybody until... I saw a, just a curious clip the other day of... Him, uh, on Julian Edelman's kickoff, his first game, he went up to Wes Welker and kind of hinted at, that guy's taking your job. Wes Welker was just completely oblivious to what he was saying. But I feel like, you know, he's got star guys. He will just, he's not going to hesitate to get rid of you before your value diminishes. And what, like, I think they picked up a, another QB now by now. Well, they'd to have back, to. Yeah, to back him like up. three days. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like they're just they're working on something. Either it's it's gonna work out or it's not. I just I've never had faith in Mac Jones and that that team. I don't know why anyone doesn't have faith in Mac Jones. He brought them to the playoffs the first year he was in the league. The second year in the league, he had a fat, penciled-eared defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator. Why is he not gonna pass at a bad year? Because I just I'm not a fan. That's the only reason. That's because you don't haven't seen him enough. You're gonna see him this Absolutely. year. He's he is unfortunately not the a worst fan. quarterback. Not a Patriots fan. Never yeah, been a Patriots fan. He's the worst quarterback in this division, which is why I think Patriots finished last place. Yeah, I would put the Dolphins at first this year. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I, th- I love so their head exciting. coach. I like their quarterback. They got the two best wide receiver combination. In the Who do you league. like in the defense though? Do the Jets have like? Do you remember the Jets' defense? Jets the defense Jets' defense a, carried really, them last year. But so year. is the Bills' defense, but they're losing Von Miller for a little bit. Um, but the Jets' defense is the best defense, in believe, in this division. But all of them are very good. Yeah. All of them are very good. I didn't even pick up first. No, I know. I'm going to jump on this. Dolphins, yeah. I'll go with it just because I want to see it. Okay, so we agree there. You Manifest said this destiny. whole thing about this podcast. The special part about this podcast is that we're going to disagree with everything. You haven't done that right now. Yeah, but I just don't want to go disappointed. With the Jets. I don't disappointed in I you. I can't back. I don't dislike Rodgers. I just I don't like Green Bay. I don't want to back a Green Bay guy. I'm kind of I'm handcuffed here. I don't like the Patriots. I didn't okay. like the Green Bay Packers, and Rodgers still represents them. I'm not really a Bills guy, so I kind of want the Dolphins to win. They're exciting. They're very exciting. They are very exciting. When healthy. Uh, AFC. <laughs> that's true. AFC West. Jimmy Garoppolo. Wins the division, wins the bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what though? I, oh man, this, that this, comes true. So this, I think, is the year if it's gonna happen w- within the next like little window. 
for the Chargers to overtake the Chiefs. I think I'm Chargers. I'm going to jump on the Chargers. I'm going to jump on the Chargers to win this. I think Chargers too. Still putting the Broncos in last. Uh, I got Raiders last. I know. I, I got know. Raiders last. I know. But I don't want to put him last. Uh, I just go based off head coach. I don't like the Raiders head coach. He's a former like Patriots either. guy. Uh, yeah, I know. And then you got the Broncos, Sean Payton, who they made a friggin' movie about. Mind you, I haven't seen the movie, but they made a movie about him. So I go Raiders last, Chargers first. Um, and then the last division we got is the NFC West. Oh, God. I think... Does anybody... I just want to know who's putting Arizona. There's two really I want to know what's, what's the odds on Arizona to win. I think they go 0-17 this year. Right. What's the odds on Arizona to go I, to win the Super Bowl? I'd love to know those odds right now. Those got to be huge. I'm, there's not even a point betting it. Oh, no, but... Not even a point betting it. So it's like a... Who cares? So who cares bet? The two of the worst teams in the league, Cardinals, Rams, they are bad. The Cardinals, worst in this division by far. Um, it seems that, yeah, just the Rams are just geriatric or they're just not... Absolutely. I just don't think anybody cares. I don't think anybody wants to win. No, it seems like that Super Bowl, just they got it, it at home and everybody's done. Yeah, who cares anymore? You know, I, I can see it from uh, Stafford's perspective. Of the criticism he faced, he was kind of, what's what's the word, vindicated? Yeah. After he, you know, he won a Super Bowl. Vindicated yeah. after he won. So he won he, a Super Bowl. Like he doesn't, he doesn't really need to do anything yeah. else in his career. Like, he kind of... Proved what he needed to prove. He proved that he was a top-tier guy just on a bad organization. Yeah. That's it. I agree. If the Lions win, win with Jared Goff, though, all that pressure goes back to Matthew Stafford saying, oh, well, they could have got it done. It wasn't you. They needed Jared Goff. It's that little switch. I'd love to see it. Um, winners, 49ers. 49ers, man. I'm going to... Nah, I like, I like the Seahawks more, but I, I just... The Seahawks are kind of your home team. They are, yeah. I mean, they, the only game I've ever been to was a Seahawks game. Did you like it? Did you like the fan experience at a football game? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a huge MLB fan when there's 100 games left to play. I'll watch the playoffs, but... I went to one MLB game in Toronto, and it was a one nothing win. But just the stadium was still full. It was a capacity stadium in Toronto. And just that energy from that many fans that are into it, it just makes for an exciting atmosphere to kind of be in the event. And like I said earlier, I get distracted from all the stuff going on, but still, it's still fun to be at these sporting events, right? Yeah. I don't care I, what the sporting event is. If someone gave me Olympic tickets for something I didn't even care it's still going to be fun to go. I agree. I always find fun in the sporting events I go to. It might be a better fan experience sitting watching football at home, but you you make what it is. Like You make of it what it is when you go to a football game. Especially when you don't care about the team sometimes, the sporting event can actually be more fun because you're not, you're in, you're you're not in the atmosphere. so stuck, focused on like, shut up, i got to watch this, i got to like focus on every little play. No, you can just enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy everything for what it is. That's yeah. it, yeah. Just have a good time. Um, okay, that's it for us this week. I know this episode went long, but starting next week, we will be following the rules, 45 minutes, three timeouts each. Um, this was your preseason running down the clock. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed, and I uh, hope you enjoy I hope you enjoy watching the Lions game tonight. Hey, if you're a fan of Formula One, then I've got the perfect podcast for you, the Pit Stop Podcast, presented by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. After every single race of the Formula One schedule, Jordan and Tyler will break it down, give you some news, analysis, insight, before answering your questions and setting you up for the next race. That's the Pit Stop Podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts.
Running Down the Clock is brought to you by the Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.